Sovereign Parser is the most accurate resume and job order intake technology in the industry. The more accurate your data, the better decisions you can make. Find out more about our suite of products today by visiting Sovereign.com. That's S-O-V-R-E-N.com. We provide technology that thinks, communicates, and collaborates like a human. Sovereign. Software so human, you'll want to take it to dinner. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. But so Peter is, uh, d- you know, doing the fake podcast and he starts reading like the litany of commercials that something includes <laughs> and when he gets to ZipRecruiter, uh, you know, um, and the folks at ZipRecruiter where we've greatly overestimated the amount of people that listen to podcasts <laughs> that make hiring decisions. <laughs> and if you listen to any sports podcast in the last two years uh-huh. zip recruiter is just shoving it down your throat nonstop. Mm-hmm. And like, it reminds me of like Glassdoor like three years ago when they were like the most aggressive salespeople in the world. If you do not answer them, they're going to talk to your CHRO, your CEO. And the last thing you want to get in my gig, the indeed method is what that's called. <laughs> see, I, I think I've always brought indeed like when half of the success of my career was tearing apart career builder and monster contracts yeah and being like hey do you want costs per candidate of a dollar 50 cuz here we go and boom. right um, and then like when Glassdoor tried to sell that way, it's like I would talk to I was at like an Indeed conference where like I was sitting with a guy from Marathon, a guy from Pepsi. And we're talking about like our vendor experiences. And everyone had these terrible sales calls with Glassdoor where yeah. like they were <laughs> insulted because you did not want their product. Yes. You're like, oh, we're yes. a job board. And you're like. No, you're not. You're the Yelp of our industry. Yeah. Like, I've had bad Chinese food once or twice, too. I don't go online to talk about it right away. Yeah. You know? So, but Zip is the same kind of thing where, remember when I posted on LI, uh, I think it was your status, where it was like, hey, why do you guys get free AirPods? I don't get free AirPods, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Zip Recruiter. Get a podcast and you'll get free AirPods. The Zip Recruiter rep hit me up like, maybe two minutes later no shit trying to bribe me with airpods <laughs> <laughs> so i would take a meeting with him you know oh, that's not dude. bad i mean dude he's, I, he's watching yeah it's because of your post right like yeah, he yeah. knew so at least give him at least give him credit for paying attention somebody could get fired for that oh, most, I could. most people just i, I definitely yeah. definitely See, could and that's the thing about Salespeople, it's like they don't think of the ramifications of not for themselves, right. but who they're setting up. Right. <laughs> so, so you were you were talking very poetically about uh, what vendors, how vendors get it wrong, in that they're trying to facilitate the job seeker's perspective and not who they're actually selling to. So, I'm wondering if you could pick that back up or we need explain. To get an intro in here sometimes. All right. Straight from IKEA. From Ikea, baby, that's Straight right. Straight from We've the got Fishers. The 
We got the fries. We got the food. Some lovely dessert thing. I, I got to yeah. figure out what the blueberry, blueberry jello, some some uh, some crunchy. Josh, Josh, Joshua, yeah. Joshua can do it. Because when you're the chef, you're Joshua. It's a good chef name. It's a strong. It is. Chef name. Yeah. If you're, if you're if you're in Indianapolis and you hit the IKEA, you definitely have to have some of the meatballs and whatever the the blueberry thing is. We've got to make sure that we get the name. Joshua was the one awesome. with the beard net netting <laughs> around his face, sort of I, I Hannibal like, Lecter style. I kind of feel like you need one of those. <laughs> I could get some extra. We probably have them in the kitchen. I totally supply those. When I rock the uh, you know the smoker at home, I'm wearing the beard net. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yes, we're here live from uh, the IKEA in Indiana, the only one here in the state, talking to Richard Carls- Carsley. Carsley. Because I'm thinking Richard, of Carlsberg. Rick, can we be more informal here? Or is it, d- is it Dick? Sir Richard Carsley? Okay, that's better. I go by Rick, though. Rick. <laughs> and you are head of TA in North America? Uh, director of Talent. Director of Talent Acquisition. Yep. Yeah, so thanks for having us out. This is awesome. Uh, you're in town from Philly. Uh-huh. Uh, specifically, you're firing people or what? Uh, what's <laughs> that's, that's normally, that, that's why I wear the power tie. <laughs> yeah, that's why you're sorry. We have, uh, of course, my whole reason was come out and talk to you guys. Uh, we have a open interview day uh, tomorrow in Fishers on Wednesday for, uh, you know, as we... You know, we slow down a little bit after the holiday season, but as we peak back up to something called K Drop, where our, all of our catalog uh, catalogs go out, uh, then we start picking up hiring. Okay. Um, so we had a event planned for tomorrow. I have one of my recruiters, uh, you know, out here, kind of trying to work so, that. So for the rare person that doesn't know IKEA, let's get through the the elevator pitch on uh, what you guys do and where you are and all that good stuff. I, I hope everyone knows IKEA. Watch Deadpool. Deadpool has right. a great IKEA segment. Have you not seen that? No, I have. Yeah. I have. Well, so this, like, <laughs> do you put yourself on par with the WalMarts and the Targets in this country? We blow past the WalMarts. So you think <laughs> you think your awareness is better or on par with Walmart? I think there's no way you think that. I mean, Walmart is a very large brand. Yeah, and if Target, I go to Seymour, Indiana, the yeah. chances of them knowing you versus Walmart are pretty right. low. I think IKEA will always be thought of as a destination. True. More than like you, you don't come here for groceries. We do have people that come here for the uh, for the for the meatballs you guys devoured in front of me. <laughs> the, the experience, yeah. Yeah, uh, and you come here for you know a half a day, a couple hour shop. I don't sure. think anyone wants to sit in a Walmart that long. I don't think yeah. anyone can afford to sit in a Target for for that long either. <laughs> yeah, good point. Um, but you know, uh, IKEA has been doing uh, you know what we do uh with like that flat pack furniture and home design uh you know for forever it's across the united states you know you see the sign you have to take the access road and the exit in every single place and that's that's kind of and you're in how many cities in uh, north america now uh we have 50 stores uh in the united states so is it is it kind of like by rule or do you have a deal with Top Golf to have a Top Golf <laughs> right across? Because you're talking about an experience, right? So they must have the same lobbyists. You come to the IKEA, you have the meatballs, and then you go work it off at the Top Golf, or 
you know, uh, either the wife or the the husband who wants to spend time in the IKEA, and then good gender the, neutral the, term. Yeah, then, the, then the other can go and you know go hit the top. And by off. the way, there's a Portillos between IKEA that's and free. Top. Do you guys have so Portillos if, in so Indiana? Not, now? Yeah, that's right. They're right, right are you kidding me? <laughs> there's a Portillos. We can walk to it from here. I had it's, no idea. Yeah, yeah. Southside Chicago guy. You yeah. Have, so, so if you're not working off meatballs and salmon, you're working off the Italian beef or the so uh, Chicago. So Portillos dog. is the brand. Al's beef is really where it's at when you want to get your Italian beef on in the city of Chicago. <laughs> but Portillo's is the one that that's pushed. I didn't know it uh, came came out came out here though. As far it would make yeah. sense. Yeah. So yeah. And Top Golf has just become a huge thing in Norfolk, the in Virginia, back where I used to live. Uh huh. Very Print similar. Money. It is like a mile Printing away. Printing money. If you well, want to talk about the constant vendor spot, yeah. The amount of offers I get <laughs> to go to Top Golf. <laughs> You know, <laughs> which is why we have an appointment at two. So You're right. Right. Um, yeah. So, I mean, the whole experience is pretty awesome. But in Cincinnati, it's the same way. Mm-hmm. Ikea right across the streets. Top golf. It, just, right. it, it seems like it just fits. That's just a killer concept. I wish I'd have <laughs> in been Stockholm. A there's that. a top golf right, <laughs> right across from the headquarters. I don't know if that's the truth. So I, I know we're here to talk about recruiting, but I do. I'm, I am interested because we talked about Walmart and Target. Oh. Uh, you've interviewed with Amazon or know a little bit about them. So the, the retail environment <laughs> is challenged largely because of, so. of Amazon and you guys are a private company. Mm-hmm. So you're not, you know, talking, you know, sort of publicly numbers, but the fact that you are a destination, it is someplace you come for the day. It is someplace you travel hours in some cases to visit. Um, would you say that you guys are faring better in the current retail environment because of that sort of destination brand? Or do you think you're as challenged as the Targets, the Walmarts, the other retailers, right. Best Buy, et cetera? It's no secret that retail patterns have changed and that's going to affect visitation, whether that's at our store or any stores, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we have taken turns to kind of meet the consumer where they are going to be now. No different than what we're doing in TA, right? Um, so a lot of what we've done work with on our digital app, um, a lot of, you know, before when you'd buy Ikea furniture, if you weren't willing to come into the store, haul your item through, mm-hmm. throw it in the back of a U-Haul, put it together yourself, you weren't going to get the product. Um, now we have the click and collect where you can, you know, make your order online and just come pick it up. Yep. Uh, we also, uh, with TaskRabbit, well, not only will we put it together, we'll deliver it to you. Um, so we've kind of made those changes to kind of adhere to where the consumer is. Which, but, Chad and I thought the TaskRabbit move was brilliant, by the way. We, uh, we talked about that extensively. Yeah, but we haven't heard a lot about it. So what's the actual usage for that? Because I could see a ton of people saying, okay, I don't want to put that shit together. I mean, I love right. it, but I don't want to put it together. How, what's the usage? So being a private company... It's one of those things I could talk about my own experience with utilizing TaskRabbit. Uh-huh. Uh, when we moved to Philly, initially we were going to buy a desk. Uh, I was telling Joel this story previously. And we came into Ikea. One of my recruiters used to work in active selling and worked my wife over for thousands of dollars <laughs> in purchases. The last time I put together an Ikea product, I lived in Secaucus, New Jersey. And it was a desk where I think I put the drawer on wrong, so I had to flip it around. (laughs) So I'm like, I'm not going through that again. (laughs) Um, So for me, the TaskRabbit experience, you get the quote inside of the store. And then you can also manage who you want to put together your particular product through the app. So 
just like any experience, you know, you're looking through, you know, the profile of the people that are going to put together your product, you're figuring out, you know, the times that they quote, you're looking through reviews of the work they did previously. Mm-hmm. It's been a very successful venture for us because it changed what we were doing. And when we have our competitors, the Wayfarers doing the same exact thing, utilizing a thumbtack or other very similar products, it's something that only made sense. Yeah. You know, people were putting together our furniture with or without us being a part of it and charging for it. It only made sense for us to kind of close the close the circle. So I know you guys are pushing people using TaskRabbit to put together furniture. Are you doing any, anything on the other end to push TaskRabbit as a as a gig option or, or sending people to join TaskRabbit to then uh, make money that way? Like, are you pushing both ends of that? I honestly, at this time, I, I don't believe so, okay. but that really wouldn't be my my realm. Ta- so TaskRabbit is still a separate business altogether, uh-huh. right? Okay. They have a separate recruiting structure. Um, the gig economy is one that is massive. Uh, you know, I've kind of had my finger to the pulse about what's going on with Uber as they've gone through big yeah. cities. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what could be wrong with a company that's getting sued that's cash poor now offering people a bunch of jobs? <laughs> Buy that stock right? today, baby. <laughs> right? How will that work out poorly? <laughs> Double down. So how do you get Ryan Reynolds to talk about your product? Because that's perfect for TaskRabbit, right? He The video, I'm sure you've seen the video. Right, right. It's like a minute and a half long. He gets this crib from Ikea. He can't put it together. He gets on customer service. And it should be like TaskRabbit. I mean, it's like perfect. Right. Obviously, you want to buy the stuff because it's great stuff. Can't put it together. TaskRabbit that shit. You're asking, did you pay for him to do that or not? No, I know right? they didn't, but they should, <laughs> they should tag on to that. Right. <laughs> I think it's it brings on all interesting marketing possibilities when yeah. we have the brand that will put that stuff together for you. Um, it sure people uh, much better compensated than I are going through that <laughs> that think tank. Mm-hmm. They kind of come to me for the people that can potentially put it together more than the uh, ideology behind yeah. the process. To be honest, you just love it because of the the amount of brand awareness you get out of that one guy in Deadpool movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're doing, it's it's freaking hilarious. It's probably a double edged sword. The brand. Like right. you get grief for being oh, yeah. the hard to put together. And there's two constant comments that you get. Um, I, I was at the dentist in Virginia a, a couple of months back and they well, see this your, is going to hurt, but not nearly as much as putting together. <laughs> right. uh, That's exa- <laughs> you know, they look at my insurance card uh-huh. and they're like, Oh, you work for Ikea. So immediately there's one things that two people always iterate. Oh, I love the meatballs or I was putting together this bookcase and like they go into your story and you want to help because I represent the brand, but you're like, this root canal is going to be painful, but not nearly as painful as putting the other. So what I, what I actually interviewed the amount of people that I'm like, Hey, I'm going to go to Ikea and I'm going to interview. Like, I think three or four people made the joke to me where it's like, Oh, is the last step putting together some of their product? That's so, what I asked on the way in. Yeah, I'm like, we good. don't have to put shit together, do we? Right. <laughs> talking about the experience, you're talking about going to have an interview day. How often do you have those? And what is generally the experience? Kind of cattle call scenario? How, how's that, how does it work? We don't do like the cattle call hiring event thing. Um, mm-hmm. The attrition that comes from those type of events is massive. Anytime you think of a group of people are going to walk into a door to get a job, it's very likely that at some point they'll walk out the door together to leave a job. So what we do is we identify a particular need 
So um, in this particular store, we had enough openings to justify the event. From there, we break it down where we um, go through our process of CVs that we already currently own. Um, on market CVs right now, the cost in a 2 to 3% unemployment is up about 200% from where it was a year ago. Yeah. And you guys go into your database before you start 100%. posting it out. Right. And then so much of what you need to do to get in touch with candidates now is texting. You know, we talked about the rise of cell phones when right. you talk about the genesis of this pod. Oh, yeah. It's the very same with recruiting. Um, I, I feel like Boost Mobile and Paytel and like those off brand <laughs> cell phones really helped accelerate my career because you know hey we'll text so we go through that process we don't have people for an event like this and it can also be based on population that we bring in without them going through some sort of screening process mm -hmm. ikea as far as our retail attrition numbers are much lower than the majority of our competitors and there's multiple reasons for that i'd like to say one of the first ones is we treat people well um, so we do hire for our culture, we do hire for our values, but it also doesn't hurt that if you work 24 hours at an Ikea, you get full-time benefits. That's not the norm for most retailers. Yeah. So a store like this, we kind of had a crux, um, you know, our, our food, uh, the, you know, is always an area where it's hard. People don't think of us as, as a restaurant, um, to kind of pull people from a culinary school. Isn't really, yeah, you have a chef, right? Uh, a, a chef from culinary school yeah. <laughs> um, that, that had worked with us for a couple other stores. Um, but to it's kind all of about the Fika, dude, that's why is. they, that's why they come and stay. It the is. Fika. Hey, 15 minutes of a break. I, I can't, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't see that on, on, on the job description though. Cause that would have been the key. Fika, right. For sure. Getting the Fika. They need a YouTube video for that. Yeah. Culture. I, video. I, I strongly assume if you Google Ikea and Fika, you're going to find a couple of them. <laughs> I strongly, strongly. That's kind of the traditional walk through the door, come interview. Do you guys do anything online, like interviews online? How does that process usually work? Is it Does it differ from level of the type of individual that you're bringing to the store? How, how does that work for you guys? Definitely so. Uh, the thing is, we are a people-centric recruiting model because even when we think about like our jobs and workforce, right? Like who's gonna be at the store, who we're gonna schedule, right. that is a manual people-based process. One of the biggest kickouts to work in an Ikea store is weekends. Like you need to work weekends, we need to know from a compensation standpoint where you're at. Uh -huh. So we have multiple mediums in which we screen that out. But when it comes to answering a behavioral-based interview question, while I can push that a lot of towards one-sided video, which I have done in other walks of life, mm -hmm. it's hard to want to replace that actual genuine conversation that we have with a candidate. Whether that's a 10-minute conversation or an hour-long conversation, it's the fact that it occurred and then we're able to not have 60, 70 people walk in a door that didn't apply through our system that don't know why they're there. They just want a job. That's not kind of our candidate base. Yeah. So you just tell those people if they come through the door, go to the website. Well, how does that, how does that all work? I'd like to say it's a uniform process for every location across the United States. I'd be uh -huh. telling tales out of school if that's <laughs> what, what I went with. Uh, we, we do route them back to the system, but there's also something to be said. If someone has the hunger for a job, 
and we're willing to show up and are professional and dressed for whatever part they're there to interview for, we're going to figure out a way to get them through our process. It's just the much preferred way is scheduling your time to be here uh, just because it's as much as I say, you know, unemployment numbers and all that effect. We do not suffer for resumes in the majority of our locations. Hmm. Uh, it's somewhat unique. When I was working in financial services, I was dying for people to come fill out contact centers. It's just it's just a different mode. You mentioned uh, some tools that you use to sort of streamline the process. You mentioned looking at, at your current database. You mentioned text messaging. Um, I'm curious if automation and the scheduling of, of interviews is something that you're using. Right. How does tech really streamline things for you, uh, aside from, I guess, your own database and the text messaging piece? So uh, we have a time trade link that we push out. Uh, I when I, well, my first experience with recruiting was actually, uh, you know, my mom was a recruiter for UPS. And that was the very first time that I saw like, wait, the candidate sets up their interview. Yeah. Um, and almost since every single stop that I've gone to working high volume, that was like the very first part of it. And that was like, how long ago? That was in the late 90s. There are still companies who are not doing that. I don't understand why you wouldn't. If you want to talk about the vendor piece for a second, it does give me a little bit of pause uh -huh. when a vendor reaches out to me and tells me to go to their calendar to set up my own time to talk to them. Because <laughs> I want to be like, please, like, I don't even want to talk to you. You right. think I'm going to click yeah. this link to exactly. see how few people want to talk to you? I've seen literally where it has the calendar and you can set up a time for a demo right. on the website, like right. publicly it's a free, it's facing. A free, it's a free demo, though. Exactly. For sure. Yeah, it is free demo. We are not going to charge. So how can you say no? Yeah. Right? I usually no to the free demo. Uh, <laughs> our, our products that uh, we utilize for recruitment, um, I can't really, I can't openly. Well, let's let's go into this. Okay, you've talked a lot about how vendors are selling incorrectly and not, you know, doing it right, so to speak. So, assuming you are using third-party uh, vendors for text messaging, I assume you are. Yeah. And anything else? What did they do right in the selling uh, phase, or was it? You did your research, you did your homework, and you reached out to them and said, I want to learn more about you guys. They didn't you sound send you good. a Calendly link. Right, right. I was trying like, to We'll talk a lot about how they're doing term. it wrong, but like the ones that did it right that got you to buy, what did they do? A lot of that is just based on vendors that I've worked with in, in different stops. Okay. Um, I've gone through a million and a half RFPs, and I have a good idea of what products work with the other products that I, you know, I was stuck in a couple of workday houses. Uh -huh. So when you're with work, Day. <laughs> stuck. I mean, it's just just the reality. Yeah. When you build an all-encompassing solution, like your ATS is the one with the least amount of money behind it, and therefore, like I used Workday when it was on version five before it had resume parsing, and could identify source. And we had gone from Taleo, which Taleo has its bugs too. But I, I remember looking at my CHRO and be like, "What am I supposed to do with this? Like, you ask me for reporting." that I can't give you anymore. This is bad. Mm -hmm. um, and then Workday started giving out money to like the phenoms and to places that, you know, would help, you know, bridge, bridge the gap. Uh, but I have a good idea of what automation tools that I, that I like to use. Yeah. Um, not to pander, but there's a lot of times where you guys will talk about a particular tool. And um, when I see that there's an actual solution for what something I need, yeah. right? Uh, everyone's trying to sell a CRM, right? Yeah. But 
an ATS and like we use Avi, we use Avature, right? Which I believe also has sponsored the pod at some point in time. No. no. Okay. Put them on the list. Okay. <laughs> tell my, tell my son. Put them right next to ZipRecruiter. <laughs> we'll get into that later. <laughs> but when I look at that, everybody has ex- the exact same product in the CRM. Mm-hmm. Well, I hear like one person that's actually doing something different with it, showing me scores, showing me a, a campaign that I don't have to manage every day. Like, well, that's someone I want to talk to, kilter or not. Right. You know, but the tough part is, you know, I had mentioned this earlier, but all the good innovation comes from tech, but it is not often at the large companies that I've gotten a chance to recruit for that tech has a seat at a decision making table when it comes to budget. So when you look at the products that are always easily, you know, championed, I look at my friends LI where they have a product that tells the people that run large companies happy birthday and <laughs> great anniversary and uh, who just got promoted. Right, who got promoted yeah, and we yeah. all click like and congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Um, the lazy ass congratulations. Right. Uh, but that doesn't do anything to change the truth behind a passive board that has time-based job ads. So what solution does that really give yeah. in that regard? But you're getting, you're, getting, you're getting it from the top to use it and signing off on it because of the ego, I guess, of the product. The familiarity of the product. And if you look at website hits, I assume LinkedIn probably clocked in in the top 20 of websites okay. visited in the United States. So does Facebook, though. But no one uses Facebook jobs, <laughs> exactly, right? Right. And I would say from a high volume standpoint, you would probably be more pushed toward using a Facebook for for jobs. And have you? I have not used Facebook jobs. My opinion on social has been tough because when it became a big to do, let's say 06, 07, Uh when like, you know, everybody, oh, you need to hire a social media expert. And so I go through that process and you try to take a brand that people aren't familiar with, like financial services, and we're going to make it cool, Uh you know, (laughs) and I'm buying followers at like uh, 12 a month to to make people believe that uh, TSIS is a destination, Uh you know. Um, and it just doesn't work. What changed my opinion somewhat is I actually had an admin at a site in Charlotte. Uh, you know, that was leaving. And she's like, hey, I'm here to like help you find my replacement. Do you mind if I share it on Insta? And I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, go ahead. In like 48 hours, she turned like 80 resumes of candidates that pushed out because outside of being an admin at this office in Charlotte, she also had a big makeup page. Uh, and so I had all these people. Yeah. So then when I took that, my stance on social is people that have networks outside of our brand have a much greater reach mm-hmm. than people that I can purchase. Now, with IKEA, we have a brand, so our efforts make a little bit more sense. But in financial services, you know, it's like on Facebook, the on this day, you know, like yeah. you're sitting there in the morning and you're like, hey, what did I do on this day? Well, nine years ago, I felt the need to tell everyone that I was watching the original tur- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie <laughs> on ABC Family. Was that with Vanilla Ice rocking the That was the, the second one. Okay. That was the second one. The ludicrous part of it is like 32 people liked that status, <laughs> right? Yeah. If I was wanting to go out on a Friday night, I think I have like four friends. But seven years ago, 32 people, 32 people cared enough to be like, and like, were they calling people? Were they like, hey, hon, 
Rick's watching the turtles, dude. We you should, know, we should roll like, over. What to his does he place. think about the shredder reveal? About twelve minutes in. So you you are a fan in the the prospect of social media being a referral engine for jobs. Are are you using any tools currently to manage that or maintain? We have a department inside of IKEA uh-huh. that manages the day to day. In a past life, I used Hearsay, which you would just plug in like your five or six social tools that yeah. you wanted to post to and just create a schedule. And does IKEA obviously has a social presence. Is there an employment presence separate from the corporate? Yes, there is. So talk about the decision to do that as opposed to just using the main uh, brand to reach candidates. That's a tough thing because like we want to, it doesn't make sense to break apart our brand towards customer facing to job facing because it speaks to the same actual human beings, right? Mm -hmm. But on the flip side, it is a different message. And whether it's the same audience or not, if I'm attempting to get you into a store to purchase a couch, there's a different messaging that I want to send than if I'm wanting you to look at Ikea as an actual career. So uh, my boss, Ellie, uh, kind of brought in a role where we would just take you know a certain amount of headcount and devote it to pushing our social presence. Mm-hmm. Now, some of those campaigns have to be the, hey, I just posted something, you have 50 people, let's go all like that. Yeah. Because you know how easily LI can be tricked sure. into yeah. like pumping that social. Uh, but on the other hand, if you produce good enough content, that doesn't pander, you are going to get recognized on those boards. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that we all do, because we're, we're all uh, terribly vain at heart, is we post something and then we click how many thousands of people have looked at that. And like you see, okay, 54 people from Farmers Insurance looked at this. <laughs> well, I ran Farmers Insurance. Right. Who from Farmers is looking at my stuff? Do they have an IT background? You know, yeah. all those uh, all those kind of things. Which platforms work best for recruiting for IKEA? Um, you know, our bread and butter is as far as job boards. Well, like, no, for social, like, it, do you get more engagement on Instagram for the kinds of positions and people that you're looking for? Or is are you on Snapchat? Are you on some of the more? Because I would assume it skews younger, but I could be wrong. Right. We haven't started to like get deep with like Snap or TikTok mm-hmm. or anything like that. IKEA is conservative with a lot of our social plays. So the majority of the stuff that you're going to see is a Facebook, is an Insta and is an LI. Okay. Um, we're looking for people that, you know, the problem with monitoring those social feeds is monitoring the comments and, and the flow. Like if you go on Twitter, check any chain restaurant for like, hey, it's all you can eat day at Applebee's. Yeah. yeah. Grab yourself a Diet Cola and laugh for about the next hour yeah. for the people that just unload on Applebee's because it gave them an upset stomach once. Yeah. And it's hilarious. Twelve years ago, yeah. 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 You know. So well back to back to how that actually um impacts brand so does ikea the brand people have like final say branded marketing over what you guys do on the employer marketing messaging side of the house how does that work so there is an approval process for anything that we're going to post that is outside of protected norms so if i'm say just going to post an opening in a department and i'm using uh, previously approved language that just kind of goes through the channel. Okay. Uh, but if it's something that is calling a product out, if it's something that is our involvement with any other organization, all of that has to be approved before we're going to push. Anything. So who, who writes the job postings? Do you guys actually write the job postings here? 
uh, or does marketing kind of put their flair into it? Because I've read some. Right. So you know. Why we love you. Right. <laughs> and how many pieces of flair must be on every <laughs> yeah. job description? There's a whole lot of pieces of flair. <laughs> uh, our job descriptions were a partnership to get them written. It's just like anything else when you're talking about job scripts, because you've all heard the stats where someone reads it for nine to 12 seconds before clicking apply. Yeah. So to take time away from arduous tasks to go ahead and rewrite those is something that I always felt was a little bit of a fool's errand. Uh, when people actually go back before they interview, they're supposed to look at your job description for slightly over a minute. So if I'm gonna devote time to anything, mm -hmm. is it to rewrite something, which most of my public looks for eight seconds, and then maybe 5% actually get it for one minute? You know, what, what's your stance on job descriptions? Just out of curiosity. Overall, I think it's, it's the experience. Right. So okay. that, so if you're looking to apply for something and it says director of sales, and this is, this is the mail inside me, I'm just going to hit apply right. for me. It wouldn't, but for somebody else, like maybe a female who does and right. they take more time and they check those bullets out to see if they're actually meeting 90% or hundred percent, you know, have you heard about the breakdown in like how uh, female candidates are more likely to not apply yeah. if yeah. they don't meet? That's what I'm saying. Well, Textio has produced a lot of interesting studies on that because that's what they do. Right. And how women will read every bullet. And if, if one of them doesn't fit, they'll just, they won't apply to a job. Whereas guys like, fuck it, the, the title is right. So right. let's apply. It brings up a really good question though, just because um, what, one of the entertaining parts is I heard that initial study. I've gotten emailed that study and I was talking to someone internally that I thought would be a good fit for a different role. And one of the first things that she said to me, she's like, well, I kind of read through the job description and I'm just the type, if I don't hit every one of those, I, it just might be over my head. Yeah. And you're like, seriously, one of those emails that got sent to me eight times was real. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Right. So it's, it's just one of those things that when, uh, not a stereotype, but when something gets played out right in front of your eyes, obviously it has some credence. Curious about, uh, so we talked about the brand piece a little bit and as well as social media and collaborating uh, with marketing. How do you guys approach uh, online re reviews like such as Glassdoor and Indeed reviews? I would assume that that's something you care about. So Definitely. how do you manage that and monitor it? So that falls again under our social media group. Mm -hmm. um, and is that a social, is that a marketing it, it's, arm? Yeah, okay. it, it's a marketing arm. Uh, we have a project uh, right now that, that I'm a part of to make sure that things are getting addressed properly. Mm -hmm. The biggest call out you get out of whether it's Glassdoor reviews or now Indeed reviews, which have just spiked over the last like 18 months or so, is is something called out that is egregious that's occurring in one of our stores that actually is more of an HR matter? Mm -hmm. Or is it harmless venting? Um, our Glassdoor scores are phenomenal like by far yeah. like a full point over any place that I've ever gotten to represent. Um, our Indeed reviews, you know, Glassdoor has the character, uh, like you have to hit, I forget exactly how many characters or you can't lead the review. Yeah, and, it's like Yelp. <laughs> yeah, and Glassdoor actually gives you a whole lot of authority to dispute reviews. Like if you're not a public company and you utilize someone's title that, isn't in a public role, mm -hmm. that gets taken down. If you put yourself in the wrong category, that gets taken down. Yeah. I worked at companies that uh, were so intense about trying to police misinformation, which tend to be accurate, yeah. that we would 
get things allowed or taken out on a technicality. Indeed has yet to really police hmm. their review. They want the content. Right. They want the content. Yeah. And, and they I want understand. the search traffic. They, they want the content and they really could give a shit less what anybody thinks. <laughs> it just, you said it. It is what it is. And they've never really thought of that as their business. Right. I mean, like they'll joke with you, uh, you know, off the record, like we have more reviews than Glassdoor, even though they're owned by the same company. Right. Uh, but internally, they're so, they, they sort of laugh at Glassdoor because this, this isn't even our business and we have more reviews than they do. It's really spiked. It's amazing what's occurred. I was just, my last rep meeting, I, the exact numbers elude me, but when we looked at it like 12 months ago, we've climbed like 1,200 reviews on Indeed versus like the static couple hundred that come through Glassdoor. And it's just the difference of Indeed's interface, love them or hate them, is very simple to navigate through. It's very googly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And if you're already signed in to apply to jobs, it is one more click of a button to leave a review. Yeah. In our applicant heavy world that we're living in right now, it took, you know, uh, five minutes to apply to 40 jobs. Yes, I'll spend two minutes to slam the past employer that I used to be with. With Glassdoor, (laughs) I have to set up my email. Then I get the confirmation email. Then I have to accept that. Then I post a review. Then I need to wait 48 to 72 hours to actually get it online solely so I can slam something. (laughs) Like, are you that vengeful? Yeah. You know, you're in the wrong business. Is it that worth it? Right. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, earlier, I asked about the retail environment and it sounds like you're becoming more of a technology company. I I know that's maybe a stretch and maybe a bad word, but we talked a little bit about before uh, we turn on the mics that you guys are actually uh, launching an initiative, I think in Philly or near Philly where the, the U.S. headquarters is to build sort of a tech hub. What can you tell us about that? Uh, We are, which is actually really exciting. Uh, We're building a digital hub outside of Philly. Uh, We're looking for a launch in August, September. Um, It's gonna be about a headcount around 250 to 300 new IT jobs. Uh, What's exciting for us is the majority of our needs are customer facing Mm -hmm. rather than, um, you know, security or, you know, .NET or all the kind of things that I've worked with as a past. So what kind of jobs are those? They're IT, but they're customer facing? So like building apps or I guess enhancing mobile yeah. apps and things like that. The facility itself will research 3D design, mobile terminal solutions, app development, social media, big data, and overall just concentrate on in-store customer experiences. Gotcha. So experience overall and really focusing heavy, go figure, on, on the technical side of the house. Right. It's going to be an exciting thing because nobody really thinks of a furniture company as an IT company. And where we're located is a phenomenal market. Whether you're going to play the uh, C2C game, like the, the largest winner of the Visa lottery every year is 40 miles away from us in New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole lot that we can do just being in the tri-state. So Almost really everybody's really- becoming a tech company, so it's no surprise that you guys have sort of taken this initiative and stepped forward. Your biggest competitor, Amazon, is a tech company. That's all it is. Right. And delivery. And drones. It, it's a tech and company. Robots. It's Airplanes. a tech company. Yeah. <laughs> Airplanes so, and rockets. I heard healthcare not too long yeah, ago. Yeah, healthcare's coming. That's right. That is at least in collaboration with a few other smart people. Right. 
We don't make our people wear diapers. So, I don't know if you read. No, no you read that trash cans. Yeah. No pissing in trash ca- trash cans. <laughs> Everyone seems really happy here, worker wise. And I shop. Yeah, here. I think that's a I Swedish thing. I live close by, and I have put together way too many pieces of furniture. I think that's a Swedish then. thing. But do you think that's a Swedish thing? I think it's hiring good people. There you go. Like that's really. I, you don't think that has something to do with culture, though? I think it, it definitely could. I mean, a lot of our stuff is branded as such. Now in Philly, I mean, you know, it might not Brotherly be. Brotherly love, hey. man. <laughs> <laughs> It might say, say, what the hell are you doing here? And that means good morning. Right. Uh, but, but you not think it's a culture thing that to be able to span and you, I mean, you know more than anybody because shit, you're going across the entire United States. Right. Ikea to Ikea. What do you see difference wise from culture? I, I really do think that we do a good job of selecting people that follow that same culture and values that you guys see when you walk through the store. I have gone to Ikea stores in a countless amount of states and I am still greeted in the same professional fashion um, that, that you get uh, almost everywhere. While the uh, the slang might be a little bit different, um, the, the calls I get w- when I come through, uh, but I feel like we do a really good job and the people that stick around with us and move on to management positions that grew up in an environment that's inclusive, that, you know, screens out for potential red flags mm-hmm. uh, is one that really has created a very, very good culture. I was interviewing someone for a store manager position a couple of days ago who uh, was thinking about relocating to a, a market in the Midwest that she's not familiar with at all. And so I'm like, hey, can I ask why you picked this market? She's like, well, my family lives there. So like I'm typing my notes and family question mark. And I'm like, you have you have family in, in this market? She's like, well, my Ikea family, I just haven't met them all yet. (laughs) And as like sappy as that sounds, the amount of times that I've heard people talk about this place being their friend network, this place being the people that help them out, that help them shovel snow is, is countless. Sounds like a Saturn commercial. Remember Saturns? Everybody wave each other. Cause sure, the trip to Tennessee. <laughs> the same right, family. everyone? Yeah, yeah. And Jeep owners still do that. If you could have any tech right now, what would it be and why would you want it for current high volume? Tough question to answer because uh, this There's is something that I, yeah, <laughs> there, there, there really is. I think, you know, every vendor call that I get is really set towards the candidates before they hit my system. My landing page takes forever or my application process uh, isn't mobile friendly. Um, And all those things, while there's truths behind them, I don't believe that is really an issue with large companies as much as we say it is. The much larger issue is once candidates get inside of our system and how they're treated throughout the application process. Something that concentrates on engagement after they're in my system, much more than if they can save two clicks before that makes a happier job seeker. Well, possibly a customer because they might be buying shit here too, right? Right. Do you see people outside of HR actually seeing that? I mean, how many how many candidates do you guys actually touch? Or I should say prospective customers. Do you touch a year? Can't really say that. Okay. Um, a bunch, hundreds of thousands. Yeah. Easily. So those are potential customers. Do you have discussions outside of HR around this type of impact? Because these are customers. I think, you know, the IKEA family plan that you join when you walk through the door, right? You, you do it for a discount. But I believe that that is our loyalty group. 
So when I think about the people inside of our ATS, that is our loyalty group all the same. But one group will back o- bend over backwards to try to keep you coming back and increase visitation. The other one, we respond to you when we need something. Right. So it's a little bit disingenuous in yeah. that way. Um, continuing to work a talent pipeline is not just sending a static list of jobs that says, hey, you applied to blank. What about blank? And you know the audience did not receive a job and most likely applied to that job that you are emailing them about, telling them to reapply with no note towards the history of what occurred that make them didn't get the job. So that part of our business and not Ikea, but that part of every TA program with that one I talk to is broken, Hmm. especially now where we are spending almost double the amount of money to acquire resumes over the last year than we have in 10 years. But then once we get them, it's like working hard to get a a, a pretty girl. And then once she's over at your house, not talking to her. (laughs) So that's kind of, you know, when I think about a program that is a talent pipeline that gives you a free CRM, that can work your network and actually look at the scores and what kind of media people want to see. Yeah. That's something that I feel has a lot of salt to it. Well, and again, selling that to why do you need something like that? Because these are customers and we want to treat them right. Yes. Right. They could prospectively come work for us, but guess what? They spend money too. And, right. and you know, I think that that's something in talent acquisition we haven't leveraged enough. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing a lot uh, in terms of automation, and I think the high-frequency stuff that you guys do that a lot of people in our, in our seats would say, you know, chatbots seem like a perfect fit for what you do or some sort of automated questionnaire. Right. Um, are you guys currently using that, looking at using that? Are you, do you feel differently that it would be a good tool for you? What, I guess where's your stance on chatbots? I'm not a huge fan of the chatbots. Um, I, I, I think I mentioned this before, but I think it already exacerbates a candidate base that doesn't feel like they get engagement. And granted, do they know that they're talking to a robot and not a human being? It's anybody's guess, but yeah. people are pretty intuitive, especially one that wants work. I, I like when a candidate applies into our ecosystem that they, they are greeted with the ability to actually have an interview. And we're retail, so our hours are different than everybody else's. So if you want to interview with me at 3 a.m., if you want to enter with me, interview with me in your car, giving you the venue to do that, meeting the candidate where they want to be, just like we're trying to do as a company. So on-demand video interviewing is really where I've pushed programs in the last five years because that gives us the most possible insight into that candidate. It saves them the trip. It saves my recruiter a screen. And before we have to get involved, if I can have you do a video, have you do some sort of assessment that shows that you have, uh, whether that's command of the King's English or the ability to run a till, only sets you up better as a candidate to get into the right role. And if I could qualify um, the compensation that you would need, legally speaking, of course, I can make sure that I don't waste your time because what candidates I find, if you ever have a friend or these holidays that just passed, someone that's looking for work, we immediately look at that as it is like the worst thing in the world. Like, 
I'm sorry, man, that sucks. Yeah, because the process. Yeah, but looking for a job should not be that bad. It should be the start of of awakening, a a period of crossing that you're going through with a pot of gold at the end. Now, I I say that somewhat in jest, but I still believe that we can give that experience. Yeah. And sending someone to a chat bot, I don't feel helps them out as a candidate. It just kind of gives them just a little bit more information. Great answer. Rick Carsley, everybody. Carsley from Ikea. Don't forget to get the the, uh, meatballs while you're here. Meatballs and uh, that lovely dessert tray that they have is nice. Yeah, I loved it. No, dude, seriously, we really appreciate you getting in contact with us, letting letting us know that you are in town. I know it's because you want to go play Top Golf. That's cool. (laughs) But but really appreciate it. It's uh, it's been a blast. And thanks for listening to the show. Yeah. No, I thank you very much for the invite. Uh, for the IT Hub, if I could do a shameless plug. Oh, yeah. Sure. Uh, the site uh, for interested candidates is going to be joininca.com. That's join, J-O-I-N, period, I-N-G-K-A.com. Inca. Inca. Excellent. We out. We out. Hi, I'm Tristan. Thanks for listening to my stepdad, the Chad, and his goofy friend, Cheese. You've been listening to the Chad and Cheese podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss out on all the knowledge dropping that's happening up in here. They made me say that. The most important part is to check out our sponsors because I need new track spikes. You know, the expensive shiny gold pair that are extra because, well, I'm extra. For more, visit chadcheese.com. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.